Hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me as ever is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? I am good, thank you. How about yourself? I'm not too bad. I guess I'm on the come down from the Legoland highs of last week, so... Yes. Understandably not quite as enthused and energised as I was a week ago. Very much looking forward to the full Legoland trip report uh, in the next week or two. But, you know, I'm doing all right other than that. Did did hearing the little tidbits that you've heard so far about Legoland, Josh, did that enthuse you to get yourself to a theme park now that UK theme park season is fully underway? Everything's opened up. I, it does make me want to go, you know. Um Alton Towers has that new ride. Yeah, there's just there's a lot going on in the UK theme park world right now, so it's, it does make me excited to go. Jumanji, of course, is not quite yep. open yet at Chessington, but it is on the new park map. It's real. It's almost ready. I think it's May that's opening, late May. Yeah, yeah. So that's exciting. That's, uh, it's good yeah. to know that the, uh, season, the theme park season in the UK is back and ready to do it all over again. Absolutely, absolutely. And... Actually, kind of into the idea of a relatively quaint and serene theme park season. Obviously, this time last year, I was getting ready to go to Florida, which, as much as I love it, is absolutely mad. And uh, the UK parks, by comparison, are actually quite chill. And as luck would have it, just before we started recording, I received a Sky News breaking push alert on my phone. Uh, which uh, was headlined along the lines of, is Florida in danger of being taken over by the far right? And I thought, (laughs) (laughs) great. Okay. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll just avoid Florida. In danger, as if it hasn't already happened. Well, well, Mickey's holding on, Josh. Mickey's holding on. (laughs) He's he's fighting the good fight. He's fighting the good fight, yeah. But when... When the neo-Nazis march upon Cinderella's castle with their pitchforks and torches, will Mickey survive? Will he be able to uh, yeah. make a last stand? I don't know. It's, it's sort of poetic in a way, because Florida has the right wing and uh, Paris has the left wing, right? With uh, the protests going on over there. Who knew Disney theme parks would prove such a, such a backdrop to social unrest and upheaval? <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Anyway, I suppose we should get into theme park news rather than talk about the potential collapse of society. Yeah. And thank goodness, Josh, thank goodness in the waning days of society, at least Disney World staff might be able to afford to put some food on the table because the union representing Walt Disney World cast members has reached a deal with Disney and it's going to up their minimum wage. Uh, over the course of the next little while, as well as retroactively going back to last October. So some some pretty good news. We talked about this a few weeks ago in the context of Universal Orlando staff getting a pay rise, minimum wage pay rise up from, I think, 15 to 17, which put them above Disney. And Disney had only offered a $1 pay rise to their staff but as i say they've now reached a deal with the services trades council union 
and they are recommending that its members ratify the deal, uh, which is going to be voted on this coming week. So people who are on $15 an hour will go up to $16 an hour uh, with full back pay to last October, as I say. Uh, it will then go up to $17 an hour when this new deal is kind of ratified. And then come December, it will go up to $18 an hour. So that's kind of the timeline for you. And then depending on what job you have, you might get an even bigger boost. So if you're a dishwasher, you're going to end up on $22 an hour by the time we get to October 2026. If you're a housekeeper, you'll be on $24 an hour by that time. $24.50 if you're a bus driver, Josh. And then uh, for cooks and chefs, it ranges from sort of 24 up to 28.60. Again, all by October 2026. So, uh, I mean... I'd hesitate to get too overexcited about the promise of, you know, pay rises moving, you know, going as far forward as October 2026, because goodness knows what kind of state the economy and in, and inflation and, and, and whatever yeah. else will be in by then. But look, <laughs> you'd rather be on $18 an hour than $15 an hour. It goes without saying. So it's something. Yes. And, and to have that guarantee that it's going to increase you know even though you don't know what the uh, market's going to do and the uh, economy to know that it is going to continue to increase is at least settling to some degree mm. i guess the cruel irony though with wage rises is that they will often go hand in hand with price rises anyway so whether or yeah. not you'll even notice you've had a pay rise is <laughs> another question entirely yeah, inflation is inflation, and uh, inflation is seen as a good thing, so it will keep going. Why is inflation seen as a good thing? Should we do Business 101 <laughs> with Josh? Uh, inflation is seen as a good thing fundamentally because it means that your economy is growing there's more money going around basically right things and that's it but actually you know grand scheme of things um, if the staff are not getting paid any more money or aren't keeping up with inflationary rises which nine times out of ten people aren't then uh, it's all a load of rubbish really and people are criming off the top yeah it doesn't trickle down I think it's fair to no, say yeah when inflation is at 3% and staff are getting maybe one, uh, hopefully two, then uh, someone's making money somewhere and it ain't the people at the bottom. Yeah. So what you're saying, Josh, is that this pay rise is a load of absolute bollocks. <laughs> it's not going to help anyone. Well, it'll help. It'll help. It will still help people. Um, maybe not as much as we want, but uh, it's better than nothing, I guess. Don't get greedy now, people. Bob Iger needs his however much money he gets. <laughs> it's, prob it's probably a lot. He's, he's got to get that uh, multi-million dollar bonus in, well, next month probably. So. Uh... Oh, dear. Anyway, right, <laughs> moving on. Disney again, uh, this time not Florida, but California. 
I don't know what the state of social unrest is over there. I haven't had a Sky News push alert about it this morning. Um, so I'm no, going to assume that, there is no neo-Nazi uprising over there. I think they were having... We, we, we've discussed uh, pay talks over there as well recently, haven't we? So Have we? I, f- I forget, yeah. Josh. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> made into one, but it's weird because they're obviously in different states, so they have different unions and mm. different pay schemes and that sort of stuff. It's uh, It's a confusing thing for a... Someone who is in a one-state state. Yeah. Such as us. Yeah. I often find myself wondering, wow, how have Americans gone this long without another civil war? And then I look <laughs> at the news and think, oh, well, may- maybe I should be careful what I wish for. <laughs> well, yeah. We-, we had a civil war. The people won, kicked out the royals, and then we realised we didn't really like that that much and uh, brought the royals back, so... We don't really have it in us anymore. No, no, seems that way. Key player, of course, Josh. What Tyler of Dartford fame? There you go. It's, it's true, yeah. One of the most famous Dartfordians behind uh, what? Mick Jagger. Mick, yeah. You, me, yeah, obviously you. That's about it, I would say. Yeah, I don't think any of them have had a podcast. What Tyler definitely <laughs> didn't. I don't know about Mick Jagger. He, he, yeah, he, uh, he had a newsletter, so I guess that's like the podcast of the era. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he probably stood in town squares, just sort of shouting at yeah. people. I guess that that's <laughs> just, it's basically a podcast. He probably had more listeners than, than Park Crush. Yeah. Certainly in Dartford, the amount of uh, vagrants bombing around. Yeah, he was campaigning against the London Resort even back then. Probably, yeah. <laughs> probably was. Save the spiders. Anyway, California. So I think we've talked about this before as well, Josh, although as I've kind of insinuated, what we talk about on this podcast does sort of trickle out of my brain within, <laughs> well, I was going to say weeks, it's hours really. Yeah. But Dart, uh, Dartford Disney are working on a real estate development in California. Is that This is quite clearly going to be inspired by some of the IP that Disney has and it is just going to be a little more identifiably Disney, I suppose. Yeah, so this is a story living by Disney, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this one in California is uh, Cotino, is the name of this particular development. It's in... I remember that now. Rancho Mirage, which is east Mm. of LA. Uh, And they've released some concept art this week, and it is extremely evocative of the home of The Incredibles, specifically from The Incredibles 2. Yeah, the like fancy house that uh, Jack Jack runs a mock in, right? Yeah, God, my memory of Incredibles two is severely lacking. That film feels like it really came and went. I mean, this has been part of Disney's DNA, obviously, for decades, right? Like, you know, Epcot was designed as being this sort of community of the of the future. It's something Walt himself was really passionate about, but it's hard to get too excited about. Disney real estate these days like it doesn't strike me as somewhere that's going to provide particularly affordable living for people I mean Disney aren't alone in being a developer that is unable to provide particularly affordable living look at just about any new build anywhere in the western world these days and it feels like it's probably out of reach of any normal person but you know at least this one the houses look like Pixar yes yeah 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 would you that's, move in? Uh, that's what you want, Tom. Uh, would I move in? I mean, if it, uh, it's a nice, it's a cool looking house. 
It's a cool looking house. It's true. Presumably, um, that's not one house, though, right? Like that is a building that's going to have twenty eight multiple apartments in it, right? You wouldn't build something that elaborate and uh, then that, stick it that, stick it on the market as as one property, would you? That is one of the like community hubs, I believe, from my knowledge of the old of the, the original Catino concept art. Oh right, I so, see. So, so, so like it'd be like front. okay, uh, fine. So you, you might yeah. have your your gym in there and your like a restaurant maybe your, your front desk and 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 things like that. Right, rather than yeah. it be actually residential. Okay, that makes yes. sense. But there are. Uh, there are sizable properties on this estate, so will they um, look like Pixar though? That the whole thing is meant to look is, is about Disney living, so the whole thing will have a should have a shared um, style and design. I would imagine if you could if you could live in a Disney house, what what one oh. would it be? Uh, I'll throw some out into the ether for you. You you got. Yeah, go the Encanto house. It's a pretty cool house. It's yeah, a good, pretty cool house. We've got Carl Fredrickson's house. It's a pretty cool house. That's quaint. I like that. We've got the Haunted Mansion. I guess that's a house. That, <laughs> as well. That's a mansion. Yeah. Um, so, I quite like uh, uh, the house that I can't remember what they're called. The, the couple in 101 Dalmatians live in. The sort of classic London townhouse. Oh, uh, yes. Obviously, now that would be like 16 flats, but... Yeah, or or one house that costs millions of pounds. Yeah, yeah. That used to just be standard living, Josh. <laughs> I, you know, I think they're, could... still well, they're still quite wealthy, right? They're an they're a upper-middle-class family. I guess so, yeah. But I'm not sure a middle-class family could get close to that property these days. No, not a chance. So, there we are. Gosh, I haven't watched 101 Dalmatians in a very long time. That's due for a remake, right? I know they've done uh, one technically before. I mean, was that in some ways the original live-action remake? I mean, that one was actually quite oh. good. Yeah, and then obviously you got Cruella, so they're, they're going down oh, the sort yeah, of villains of route. So. Yeah, they did Cruella, didn't they? Which yeah, I enjoyed at the time, two but coming out, I completely maybe? forgot about it. Cruella 2, yeah, 2 Ella. I'm pretty sure that's happening. 2 Ella, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you uh, put the the two L's in Corella as Roman numerals? Oh, yes. I'm going to say yes, almost certainly. Let's get out of America and move to safer, more peaceful pastures like France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've spoken about Tutatis, Tutatis. a few times. This year so far, this is new roller coaster coming to Park Asterix from Intamin. We oui. oui. notable because it's going to be the new fastest roller coaster in France. It's a uh, north of three and a half thousand foot long multi launch coaster, 167 feet tall, a 101 degree drop, and that top speed I mentioned is 67, or just just shy of 67 miles per hour. As I say, we've talked about this before, we've, we've spoken about the fact that it's pretty comparable to Pantheon at Busch Gardens Williamsburg, but what's new this week is that they have released the first official POV video, and 
It looks good, Josh. I mean, someone who has not done Pantheon at Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. To me, this was most evocative, probably of uh, Taron, maybe at yep. Fantasia Land. Similar concept, uh, same yeah. manufacturer, and it's uh, linear induction motor launch. So similar, th- similar ideas. Okay, you just said a lot of words there, and I'm not sure I understood half of them. What are you, ta- uh, well, what are you talking Intamin about? Intamin is the company that makes the coasters. Oh, yeah, I knew that. What was that other um, bit you said? Linear induction motor. Yeah, that uh, bit. Limb. Uh, it's magnets that uh, accelerate the ride vehicle. Um, Used use for things like um, the TTT. I can't remember if it was the original or the one in Florida uses it. But one of them uses it. Um, the original in Disneyland's now gone, I believe, anyway. But, uh, yeah, uh, used on this, used on uh, Taron, used on uh, Pantheon, used... Where else is it? It's used, it's used all over the place these days. Cheetah Hunt, I believe. Basically, anything that doesn't use a cable launch is uh, will use limb these days. Right. If it, if it doesn't use okay. gravity or cables, it, it will use limb. And, and what do like you make of of this video of Tutatis then? I think it's cool. I think it's a cool cool looking coaster. Um, you can you can te- definitely see the like the Taron vibes of some of the theming to it, mm. um, and the way it control like the way it moves uh, the uh, the stall and the rollback element. It looks cool. Um, followed by the 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 launch over the hi-hat. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, uh, I've not been to Park Asterix, but maybe I should. We passed, we've passed it numerous we, times on our way have, to Disneyland have, Paris. We, we have. We absolutely have. So maybe we should go. We should do that and uh, Poire de Foire. Poire de Foire. Poire de Two. Yes, that one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, more, more parks in France than just Disneyland. It turns yes. out. So, yeah, maybe we should uh, maybe we should check those out at some point. Yeah, I'd be well up for it. Excellent. Right, staying in Europe, Europa Park, which was a fantastic part of our European theme park road trip last summer, and they are opening, or as of recording today on Saturday, they have reopened for the start of the new theme park season, which is very exciting. Two bits of news here, I think. So for this season, they've got a new area, the 16th themed area. It is themed to Liechtenstein. So for people that don't know Europa Park, every land is themed to a different European country. And we've now got Liechtenstein, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this land themed to Liechtenstein might actually be bigger than the real Liechtenstein. (laughs) Not a big place. (laughs) So no. it, it probably I would I would imagine uh, re- in terms of relative size this might be uh, the the closest to the most accurate theme park land to real life in existence. Just I mean yeah, I'm probably, basing right? that on nothing but the fact that Liechtenstein is pretty small. So you know I don't know and, and this theme park land you know it, it's not like oh you walk ten steps and you're out. There's stuff going on in here. Uh, you've got a new Liechtenstein balloon ride, which is apparently a sort of uh, a refresh of of an old ride, of an old balloon ride that was 
that was at Europa Park, which would not have been there last year for us because they would have been in the process of turning it into this or making it part of this Liechtenstein area. So it's not a ride I'm familiar with, but long-time Europa Park fans may well know uh, what that ride was previously. Yeah, they moved it from where the uh, new area is going to be, the um, um, the Croatia area. It was originally there, and then they've moved the balloon ride to Liechtenstein to make way for the Croatia area. I see. I see. Uh, that seems to be it for for kind of rides in this Liechtenstein area, but you're also going to have the Liechtenstein Square and uh, you'll be able to look at a miniature version of the Liechtensteiner Path, which is a famous hiking path in, in Liechtenstein. So, you know, Europa Park is absolutely stacked with rides. It's probably the closest I've ever got to feeling like I'm literally walking around somebody's roller coaster tycoon save. They waste no space in that park at all. But I'm pretty sure the park is bigger than Liechtenstein. <laughs> probably. But that's not to say that the the non-ride stuff at Europa Park is at all lacking. You know, I think the theming generally, the atmosphere, the food and beverage options, the other entertainment, it's all absolutely top class. So the fact that the Liechtenstein area only has one ride, I don't think should necessarily be a knock against it. I'd imagine they've probably done a bang up job on this. I was going to say, just as a, as an anecdote to the Liechtenstein bit, that I think, if I remember rightly, when Halo Three ODST came out, <laughs> Microsoft like hired the whole country for their PR bit, right? And they they shipped um, reporters over to Liechtenstein, and they basically turned it into fake Halo World, um, where these ODST people were being trained and stuff that's that's pretty intense gosh remember when halo was good and you're excited about halo those were good days maybe they will come again but i doubt it yeah uh yeah next year europa park will get another new land this time as you as you tease there it will be themed to croatia and we've got a, a few new details ahead of the reopening tomorrow about what Croatia is going to be so uh, new roller coaster which we knew about but they have confirmed that it's going to be Tesla themed as in Nikola Tesla not Elon Musk's Tesla thankfully so that's cool I wonder if it at all remind us of the, uh, the kind of steampunk vibes of Rookberg at Fantasialand uh, which was tremendously well done uh, but then you're also going to have a new 360 degree film called Nikola Tesla's Beautiful Croatia. This is going to be located in a building called the Dome of Dreams. And I, I, it sounds a little bit like the um, the the China Theatre at Epcot to me. Yes, or the O Canada Theatre. Look forward to that too. I mean, the, the standard of coasters at Europa Park is high. So obviously yeah. plenty of reason to be excited for a, a, a new one in the Croatia land. So for sure. Exciting stuff. And uh, yeah, it'll be a good reason to go back to Europa Park. Finally, Josh. Finally. Of course, theme parks all over the gaff, not just in the UK, but Europe too, are, are indeed uh, opening for, for this new theme park season. And that includes the theme park formerly known as Tato Park. Oh. In 
yes. island, which we have talked about before. Kind of want to go. Although I don't know if I want to go less now that it's not it's Tato not- Park anymore. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get that. Yeah. And it's no knock on the quality of the theme park. It's just that the, the very concept of going to a theme park that was sponsored and named after a crisp brand was a bit mad to me. And I, I kind of wanted to, to experience it for that. Yeah. But the, uh, the park is reopening for 2023 under a new name because that sponsorship deal has ended. It's now known as Emerald Park, which is far more Irish, of course, uh, given that it's known as the Emerald Isle. But yeah, I don't know. It's just a little bit less eye-catching, I guess. A little bit less, oh, what's all that about? There's less intrigue with Emerald Park compared to Tato Park, which was just a fabulously silly name for a theme park. Emerald Park does sound like one of the, uh, it might even be, uh, one of the default names for uh, one of the theme parks on like Parkitex or Rollercoaster Tycoon or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's not just a new name, Josh. Uh, and this report comes from Blue Loop, by the way. Uh, so Emerald Parks Zoo is going to get some new animals. We've got some squirrel monkeys and two endangered animals. One, uh, a tiger, an Amur tiger, and also an Amur leopard. Uh, both of those are endangered. Uh, we're getting two new Ben and Jerry stalls. Very exciting. <laughs> the most important part. And then a couple of new kiddie rides too in the junior zone. So we've got the balloon chase, which looks a little bit like a tame incarnation of sandstorm at bush gardens is going to be my point of comparison and crazy bus which looks like the taxi ride from the uk section of europa park yes yeah uh kind of they're kind of all over the place those sorts of rides sometimes you even see them pop up in uh shopping centers or 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 malls as the americans might call them uh it's also worth noting that they are working on two new roller coasters Yes, uh, which I think we've spoken about before, right? As I said earlier, Josh, I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, I keep doing this. Sorry. Right. That's everything on my news list, my list of news. There's nothing else going on in the world of theme parks. So that means we can get out of here. So thank you very much for listening. If you are a fan of the Park Rush podcast and want to keep up between episodes, the best place to do that is links.parkrush.com. That's where all the socials live. We've been uh, re-upping your various theme park food reviews on the Instagram, which has been fun. uh, Yeah. My mum keeps telling me. If you want to get in touch with the show and you don't have immediate access to to Josh, as his mum does, then you can email us podcast at parkrush.com. Although, could you maybe you should ask your mum just to, you know, as a sign of life in the inbox. Every time she wants to talk to you about theme parks or the podcast, can you, she not just email you? You know, it's not like, <laughs> yeah, the word. Just word. say to mum, that could have been an email, you know? Yeah, mum, come on. <laughs> come on, mum. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show already, then why not? 
give it a go. We're on all the podcasting apps. And if you happen to use one where ratings and reviews are supported, then we'd love one. That would be great. But in the meantime, stay safe and take it easy out there. We'll be back next week with another Park Rush podcast. Until then, goodbye. See ya. Thank you.